Hey winner, welcome back to Pursuing Goals God's Way. I am so glad you're listening today because I'm bringing you a devotional type of conversation with my new friend, Tanya. We're diving deep into how the Bible and the Holy Spirit truly change everything in our lives from our online businesses to our families and everything in between. What we do to make an income is not null and void from our faith. It's quite the opposite. We can use what we do for work to inspire others, make an impact and give glory to God. But sometimes we tend toward perfectionism and control in both our homes and businesses, and we get in our own way. Are you like that or is that just me? Tanya is here to chat with me about how God can and is very present in our lives and how that very thing is a step in to letting go of our own way. Tanya Yaram Kiv is a writer, podcaster, and content creator, but more importantly, a wife, dog mom, and friend. Her faith is a central part of her life, and she loves to share through writing, podcasting, and in all her relationships. She's passionate about the Word of God and hopes to inspire others to find transformation through Jesus Christ daily as she does. Are you ready? Let's step into the fire with Tanya. Hey friend, welcome to Pursuing Goals God's Way. Have you thought about finally starting that business now that your kids are older? Do you ever stay awake wondering how to mesh your passions into purposeful work? Do you have big, ambitious goals, but feel overwhelmed or even unqualified to pursue them? Hey, I'm Gabe. Not too long ago, I longed for the confidence to start an online business. I just wanted to make a difference outside my home bubble using my gifts. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't good enough. I didn't know enough and I didn't have enough time until I realized something huge. My kids need me to be their example and they need to see me win. And yours do too. In this podcast, you will learn how to clarify your goals, plan with purpose, and ditch your distractions. If you're ready to make an impact and an income, all for the glory of God, then you're in the right place. As an avid runner, I believe life is one massive marathon. It's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. So lace up those running shoes, pop in your earbuds, and let's do this thing. Hey, Tanya, thank you for joining me on Pursuing Goals God's Way. I'm so excited to have you here and for the conversation we're going to have. I'm so excited to be here. I'm super honored that you're having me on here and I'm excited to dive into this conversation. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, me too. Now I did share your professional bio already. So listeners kind of know who you are a little bit, but I would love for you as we get started to just tell us uh, something fun or something unique about you that we wouldn't know, um, whatever comes to mind. I'll start with, you know, I was born in Russia and I grew up in America. So I'm Russian American. And I don't think that's unique to my fellow Slavic American friends, but it always makes for an interesting conversation with everyone else. So I think, I think that's a worth to say. So that's what I'll, that's what's unique. Oh, I love it. Very good. So are your parents from Russia where they, and then they moved Mm -hmm. to America? Okay. I love it. We can have a whole conversation about that. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, my parents were born in Russia, born and raised in Russia. And then I was born. And then shortly after that, we moved to America because that's when the, um, that, what is it called? The communist wall fell down and they were all able to go. So it's cool. Wow. Very cool. So maybe I'll have to have you come back on and we'll talk about like just that in itself. Um, and yeah. what that like mindset wise and how it's changed your perspective of even being an American and all the things. Um, so, but today we're talking, we're, we're going kind of Devo style and we're kind of diving into the word of God and really, um, how we can take it and use it in our businesses, in our lives. And that it's not a separate thing. Like that's one thing that I think about is that, um, just because I might not be 
uh, in a ministry, like I'm not out as a missionary or I'm not in the church working and whatnot. That doesn't separate my work from my faith. And it doesn't mean I can't have an impact where I am for God's glory. And so that's I, something that I was thinking about as we were kind of planning the conversation. But I would love to start with just, um, we're going to talk a little bit about perfectionism and control and things like that. But can you help me just define what perfectionism is and how it can have an impact on our lives and businesses? Yeah, absolutely. I man, like, I think this is something we all struggle with, you know, perfectionism, and to an extent, you know, some people more than others. And I think, like you and I have made it clear that, you know, perfectionism is a thing that can really impact our lives and our businesses and are just our places of work, because not everyone owns a business, not everyone, you know, maybe some people want to, but I think the perfectionism, the definition in and of itself is anything short of perfection or something that's unacceptable. But I would define perfectionism as just having this need to be perfect, to do things perfectly, or to appear perfect and put together, even though you're not and you know that you're not. So this constant, like, it's almost like this anxious feeling of like, I have to put this front up, this mask and appear perfect. And I think that that's something I've personally struggled with for years. And, and thankfully, God has helped me to come out of that. But, you know, when you have the need to be perfect and to do things perfectly, you fear failure, you fear criticism, you any kind of judgment. And you constantly just feel inadequate or not good enough and you want to control. And unless something gets done a certain way, you most often cannot move forward, which means you can't grow. So that's, that's kind of my definition of perfectionism. And I don't, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I love that because I think about it too, especially for um, entrepreneurs, I feel like sometimes we get ready to get ready to get ready and we need everything perfect before we start, before we're willing to do things. And um, that's just not how it works. We have to kind of be in the messy middle and we have to be willing to launch and launch it messy, knowing that um, along the way we evolve and change. And I always think like when it comes to the refiner's fire, I talk about that a lot is that we we go into it messy and God is molding and shaping us, but we never actually come out perfect. Um, and so there, there, we've never arrived and we're never going to be perfect. And so if we get stuck in that, then I feel like God's not able to use us as much because we're not willing to get in motion. And so um, I love the idea of let's just negate this perfectionism and let's think about how can we do things well, I think with excellence, right? Excellence is yeah. different than perfectionism, right? It's yeah. like excellence would be doing things to the best of our ability, doing things, using our gifts, using our uh, talents to make an impact, but knowing that we'll never be perfect, but we do things at, for the glory of God. Um. So yeah, so I, and I love this. And I know that you've had a personal story with dealing with perfectionism and control in your own life. I feel like we all have, I could share plenty of different uh, things that I've done. I still feel like I try to take control of most situations. And that's one of the things that I deal with on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. But can you share a little bit more about how you learned of letting go of your own way and trusting God's plan for your life? Yeah, man, I've thought about this. And I was trying to think of like, something that you know, was like 
this perfect answer give you this like you know kind of really well articulated story that I have and I felt like everything like in my life you know has been kind of like this constant like perfectionism check and <laughs> it was like I've been thinking like I, I don't know as I'm thinking about it now what's coming to mind is in the last year so I'm a very like I've been told I'm a type A and type B personality so I'm very like organized I love things to be a certain way so type A is perfectionism you know completely there but then with the type b thing i think that came in when i started being when i start committed my life to god completely and that type b thing came to like where i'm more trusting and if something doesn't work out i'm like oh like this is god's thing not mine so um the perfectionism thing like something that has happened recently was just in the last year i'm i love studying the Bible. I love diving deep into it. And I love being able to share that with other people. But something last year, um, at the closer to the beginning of the year, one of my uncles passed away. And that I, I didn't think that was going to affect me in the way that it did. Um, but like, I'm telling you, like, I, type A, I have a routine. I love things to be a certain way. I like waking up in the mornings doing X, Y, and Z, you know, and just making sure I get my day started right and everything. But after I came back from that funeral, I found myself like, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of it had to do with not getting enough sleep while I was there helping, you know, prepare for the funeral, spending time with our family members, et cetera. But when I came back home, it was so hard for me to get back into routine. And that knocked me out of my Bible reading. And before I knew it, I was like, what's everyone going to think of me? Like, I have this, you know, like, people know I love the Bible. People know I read it all the time. And now people are asking, so what are you reading lately? And I'm like, nothing. Like, I haven't been reading lately. Like, I, I just don't have, I, I don't have the energy for it. Because like that grief, like it came over me, you know, and it just like kept coming in waves. And, and not only that, but it was just this weird, like few months of inconsistency. And after that, like I started dealing with all these like skin issues and like that turns out to be like, it was part of like this internal stress. And I was just like, what is happening? Like, why, why can't I get my life together? And I think when we ask, why can't I get my life together? It's us trying to take that control of you know, take control and to perfect it in our own, with our own strength. And that's not really how God intended it for, you know, for us, we go through seasons, obviously, but every season is meant for a reason. There's specific growth that happens in every single season, especially when the deepest valley. And I think that what one thing that stood out to me extremely was how, when when I was going through all of that, I just kept beating myself up about it. And I'm like, man, like, I I can't, I, I can't appear this way. I can't do this. I can't be like that. And even at work, like, I couldn't, like, uh, I couldn't perform in, in the high, high achiever way that I normally do. And I was just like, what is my problem? And all of that led me to this one verse where it's the it's the verse where Jesus says, uh, not Jesus, Paul writes to the epistles in Corinthians, uh, epi sorry, hold on, I'm going to re rephrase that. Paul writes in Corinthians to, Paul writes to the Corinthians saying, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And as soon as I read that, 
all I could think was this this weakness that is happening in my life right now, this season of weakness that I have is a platform for God's power. And that's it. And I was like, if I if I apply that in every way, you know, because obviously I am going to be weak. I am weak in a lot of areas. That is a platform for God's power. And ultimately, the glory is still going to go to him. And I was like, that's like the whole purpose. That's what I'm supposed to do. And I have to be comfortable with letting other people see this and not put up this front and this perfectionism front and show that I have it all together because obviously I don't. I can just give that, you know, hand that over to Jesus and let him carry that for me and help me grow because because it says I don't remember what which epistle says but it says that God grows us I think it's Colossians and I was like okay God you're doing the growing I'm just I'm here for for the ride okay grow me (laughs) you know like I'm gonna take that off and trust in you trust in your plan for my life for my work for our business you know mine my my husband mine and my husband's business and just trust you Wow. There was so much right in there. And I I I love the idea of like the question of, well, how can I do this or what, you know, and also just knowing that you have to let control of those seasons. And the fact that, um, you know, when we try to be perfect, when we try to kind of bog it in and go, oh no, everything's okay. And put on a face, we're not being real and we're not giving others permission to be able to work through their struggles or to let God mold and change them. Right. And so it's like, we want to feel like we have things together. We want to look like we have things together, but I have found the seasons where I do um, say, you know what, I'm just not going to have it together is when I really can make more of an impact even because people are like, thank you for for being who you are and for letting us know that you're not perfect. Thank you for letting us know that you don't have control, right? And I feel like sometimes we just forget that we ultimately don't have the control. Like we can plan and plan and plan, but it's never gonna go the way we plan. Um, That's just the way it is. And so, Yeah. um, yeah, that's really, really encouraging because it just says, God, take the wheel. I know I don't want to be in this mess, but you know what's best. And I know you can lead me. Yeah. And I've had a few friends, actually, a few of my closer friends point that out and say to me, like, wow, like, welcome to humanity. Like, they they would say that and, and like, jokingly, obviously, but, but kind of like hearing that it was it was funny, but it was also kind of like, ouch, did I really do that? Did I come off that way? Did I? make you feel less than like I'm so sorry like I did not intend to do that and I I just I don't know I'm reminded of um I believe it's in Galatians where Paul says you know are you so foolish having begun by the spirit are you now being perfected by the flesh and I think that when that energy that constant that layer of anxiety of constantly having to check yourself am I perfect am I like am I do I have it together you know you have to put up this front like it's just you're relying on your flesh instead of relying on your spirit and and God's spirit that is combined with yours to not have that layer of anxiety it I think there's there's a constant check in the flesh when you're when you're living in perfectionism 
But when you just flip the script and turn that into something more helpful, you turn it into like a spiritual check where you're like, God, I know I'm failing in these areas or I know I'm weak in these areas. I need you. And that just brings us so much closer to him. That just gives us that intimacy with him where we can like be with him and trust in him and just walk our days, like not really worried about, you know, what someone is thinking or going to say just because we're, you know, didn't show up perfect for one day, you know, and that's not even what we're called. Like, we're not called to that. Like, Jesus didn't say that. I mean, he did say, you know, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, but that's in a different sense. That's in the sense of like, have complete trust in God, have that complete obedience to God when he does speak instead of relying on your flesh. And there's that like battle that's happening, but the stronger that you, you know, obey God and, and live according to the spirit, then the weaker the flesh is going to get, the weaker that need for perfectionism is going to get in every area of your life. You know, Christ called us to complete transformation, not just like, oh, like I feel great when I go to church and then I feel so bad when I get home. It's like, no, no, no. Like Sunday should not look different from Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and every day because Christ gave us that transformation. Why did he die for us? You know, for that transformation. Mm, so good. So good. And I love what you said. It's not just about Sunday. It's every day. And um, I went through that where it was like, okay, so how can we t- really take what we hear on Sunday? One, and know it's biblical, like actually go dive into it ourselves and go, is this, is what I was just taught biblical? Let's go look for ourselves. Let's look at these scriptures. Let's look in context and really um, read about it. And what was this verse? Because a lot of times I feel like um, people take verses and they just pick and choose what they want. That's going to help them with their cause or their point without reading in context. What does this verse actually mean? And it, maybe it doesn't even mean anything for me. It's, it's what it was about back then. And then I can figure out how it relates to my life. And so I actually created a Sunday service workbook to help with that, to help guide Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and the days outside of, um, Sunday to take Sunday's message and really dive into it a little bit deeper. Um, and so I love that. But I also want to talk about flipping the script, like you were talking about with the perfectionism and um, what that would look like. So let's say I have been in perfectionism for years and I'm just stuck there and don't really know what I would do to even start that trans transition and letting, like, how do I let go and let God and the Holy Spirit do a work in me? Um, what does that maybe look like um, just in like ha- maybe habits or just in what I could do to start that? Yeah, I think that part of it is acknowledging it first because, you know, we we see ourselves in such a better light than we actually are. And I think just acknowledging that and finding humility so that you can bring that before the Lord and say, God, you know, I'm struggling with this. I'm trying to take control. Um, How can, what can I do to stop being, to stop being a perfectionist, but to flip the script and actually use that perfectionism to your, to, for your glory. And I think what you said earlier was then there's a need for perfectionism that we have. But then if you flip the script, I believe what happens is that spirit of excellence. 
and you can do things with excellence without the need having the need for perfectionism and the need to appear perfect to do things perfectly because or, or to be perfect and I think that's what that's what would happen like with the flipping the script and practically because I I'm all about being practical I think start looking at how you're thinking about things you know what however it is because I think if you're stuck in it for so long it's going to take a while for you to notice it um, I think a good example for me would be um, so when my husband and I first got married like the first few months um, I I came from a very chaotic house setting. Um, I'm the oldest of five boys. And so, and along with that, my, my parents put a lot of responsibility on me, but also I took a lot of responsibility that they didn't put on me. And so I would try to do things in a very perfect way, keeping the house clean, laundry, all the things. Like I was just like, I'm taking it all on, like whatever. And when I got married, I went from like chaos to this peaceful setting where the house is always clean, the laundry's always done, everything's always like spick and span, and like I wouldn't know what to do with myself. And so I'd just start cleaning all over again. <laughs> or like I'd just find something to work on like in the house like I would if I was back at my parents' house. And so the the it just made me think of this, um, how like I would do the laundry and I was very particular about how things were folded. So you could, I mean this is like undiagnosed OCD probably, but I was very particular with how socks were folded, with how the underwear was folded. And um, my husband, you know, he's he's very like relaxed, laid back and easygoing about things. And so this one time I didn't like fold my own shirt or something. And I just kind of threw it in the closet because I was like in a rush. And my husband was like, aren't you going to fix that? Like, why, why? And I was like, no. And as soon as I said no, like, I felt like something drop off me. And after that, I was like, I don't have to do that. And like my laundry folding, I mean, we've been married for five and a half years now. And like, it's just, it looks so different because like, I just realized I don't need to make it look perfect. And so that was one thing. And then after that, like that was the laundry and then after that, it was another thing. And it wasn't that I stopped doing things with excellence, but it was like that need for perfectionism, that need for like, if I don't do it this way, I'm going to go crazy. If I don't do it this, if I don't leave it this way, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing or whatever. I'm tight because perfection with perfectionism, with that control, like you're constantly tying your identity to that little task that you're doing. And that's, not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be firm in your identity and living that out no matter what you're doing, no matter where you're at. And so it just, I don't know, it just loosened that up. And I think for, you know, people that have been in perfectionism for a long time, they can take that step, acknowledge, and then ask God, like, what's the first thing that I can do? And then after that, you'll, you'll see something will come to mind. I know something will, you know, whether it's, I don't know, doing something that you've always done a certain way and you're just like, oh, I don't actually have to write this down this way or I don't have to fold the laundry this way, whatever it is. Does that make sense? Is What what would you say to that? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And actually, 
um, so it really came became practical for me as I was listening to you when you said that about the laundry. I'm like, oh yeah, I used to be, or I even think my husband used to be very particular about his shirts being hung a certain way and all the same and with like the certain hang or hanger colors, which I think is really funny because he's totally not like that in anything else. But um, maybe I've, and that's something where I was like, I don't care. I'm just hanging it up and you should be thankful that I'm hanging it up for you, you know? Um, but I'm like that in other ways where like the dishes have to be put in the dishwasher a certain way. So um, that kind of a thing. But it's also, I think as you were talking, I was like, I was thinking about this question going, does it really matter in the grand scheme of things if it gets done this specific way? Or if it doesn't matter, it just needs to get done. And so maybe thinking about it in that term where you said it's a mindset shift. It's really like, um, you know, is it the end of the world if my shirt gets folded differently? Like my husband likes to fold them for inside. Like they, he folds them the opposite of what I do. And I'm like, that's so weird. But thank you for folding my clothes, you know? Um, and so, it, and I have the tendency, but it's like, okay, will this matter in the grand scheme of things, or is it something I can let go of? And um, if we looked at things that way, I think it would help us to let go of that control a little bit and know the things that we need to control and the things that we really don't. Um, like, I feel like I need to control going to work and doing my work well to make some money so that I can pay for our family. You know, there's certain things we do have to do and we have to have control. But do I have to have control, total control of my finances and say, no, I have to do this and this and this this way in order for this to happen? That means I'm not really trusting God with my finances. So it's like the two different things and what what can we let go of and what do we need to actually do? Um, and I, you know, I, I was thinking about overcoming our tendencies. And so perfectionism and control, their tendencies, right? Their mindsets and habits. Um and I'd love to hear maybe some ways that you've worked with this, maybe how you've, um, you know, seeked God's guidance and through prayer or scripture been able to do it for yourself. If there's any, you know, scriptures that come to mind that have been helpful or just um, even what it's done for you as you've surrendered that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with the tendencies, I think the most helpful book in the Bible is Proverbs. And I, a couple of years ago, I did a, a challenge for myself and I read a chapter from Proverbs every day of the month, but every month for a whole year, I would just change out the like translation or the version of the Bible. So NIV to NASB to KJV to ESV. I even did the Russian version, you know, like I just went through, you know, 12 different versions and it's pretty amazing how God put that like right in the middle of the book uh, of the Bible, you know, right in the middle. And it has so like, it's the book of wisdom, but it really does have wisdom that can actually transform the way that you think, the way that you do things, the tendencies that you have. Um, it gives you like this wisdom that I I don't think we can get it elsewhere. And what's cool is that like in the business world, a lot of business coaches or business leaders, they have taken on the same exact principles from the Bible and they've written their own secular books about it. They've started their own classes about it. And I just, I'm so baffled at that because I'm like, wow, like if people like in the world are doing this all over the place, then 
why don't we access this even more? So Proverbs is definitely a place that where the Bible can really help us, you know, change our mindset about, you know, certain tendencies and certain thought processes that we have. And the other thing is the mindset about prayer. So I think it's it's amazing that Jesus writes about it and says, you know, do not pray like the um, hypocrites who, you know, just mindlessly and endlessly just babble on their needs and et cetera. But go into the secret place, into your secret room and pray to your father who is in secret and spend that time with him. So I think there's an aspect of that prayer is time with God, but also if you look through every epistle that Paul writes, he talks about praying constantly, pray without ceasing, pray consistently, keep praying, don't stop praying. He just says it over and over and over again. And I believe that means just constantly talking to God throughout the day. So it's not just like we all have this inner narrative that's constantly going, especially for people who struggle with perfectionism and like are so self-aware about them, you know, about themselves and everything that they're doing. We have this inner narrative already going on. So we can, again, flip the script and turn that inner narrative into a conversation with God. And I think we'd be surprised at his replies to the simplest things. Like, you know, you're going through a day and you think this one thought and you're just like, God, and you just ask that, God, like what, like that just came into my mind. What can I do with that? And so letting, so those are the two things I would say, like letting the actual wisdom of Proverbs impact your life and actually take the steps, like write them all down. Like, like if you're reading through, you know, one chapter, there's a lot of like to-do lists and a lot of like step-by-step, like if you do this, then this happens. And it's like, oh, like for me, like, I like that. I, I like to be able to write that down because it's like a manual right there, right before me. And then the other piece is to have that inner narrative turned into a conversation with God, that prayer, that constant, consistent prayer that Paul talks about, which it it pops you out of this, like, me focus, and I have to talk, and I have to just, uh, you know, like, think my own thoughts kind of thing, and you turn that into this constant conversation and you end the day and you're like wow I feel closer to God because he's helped me in these areas I'm so grateful for this and this and this and instead of focusing on those things that you you know didn't meet your own expectation in you're kind of like oh like there's enough that that's that's enough for another day like I don't have to worry about that right now like I can actually listen to what Paul says and think about the things that are true and noble and pure and lovely and trustworthy and and not get caught up in anxiety or worry because that's what that's what those types of tendencies do when our fleshly tendencies get in the way like it just builds anxiety and anxiety i believe is your cue to turn to god to pray to turn to god and be like okay, Lord, like I'm feeling this, like I know that I have a need somewhere. I'm weak. This is a platform for your power to come through. Mm, Wow. (laughs) So good. And I was going to ask you, like, 
how to some basics on cultivating a deeper relationship with God, but you just said it right there. Um, I think that is our challenge for the week is anytime that we're having these thoughts or we're, you know, getting in our own head or this anxiety is coming rather than just focusing and dwelling on it is to flip the switch and say, God, what was this for? Like, what, why am I thinking this? Or, you know, just really turning it to say, I'm going to have a conversation with him. It might just be a quick question. It might be a, a praise. It might be a worry. And I'm just going to pass it on to you. Um, and I think we think praise without ceasing all day long. It means we got to find a prayer closet and be on our knees and do all the things. Well, we don't. It, it could be like this really quick 10 second thing just throughout the day. Um, and so I think that's going to be my challenge for listeners this week is to really take that time to be uh, intentional when when things come in your head or whatnot to to turn it to having conversation with God. Um, but I also loved the Proverbs because I've heard, you know, I used to read Proverbs every month, you know, and just kind of read it over and over. But I love the idea of taking different translations and being able to see how how is it worded differently and just see what you get from each one. I love that idea too. Um, so these are some great practical tips, I believe, in being able to cultivate just not only a deeper relationship with God, but to really be like, okay, I'm going to let go of that control. I'm going to let go of that perfectionism. And when you were talking about the anxiety, I think about it like God is not an anxious God. And so when we have anxiety, that's not coming from him. It's the same thing as like, God is not a God of hurry. Like it, the hus hurry is not the thing. He's a patient God. And so sometimes when it's like, no, do this now, do this now, da, 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 da. you know, is that because God's telling you to go right now, you know, or is it because, um, you know, it could be the enemy trying to distract us or trying to get us to make whatever. So it's like, that's why we have to have this relationship and, and have this conversation and make it a daily thing. Cause the more we do that, the more, I know that when I am in that time of really seeking God and, and being intentional about it, I know when I hear from him. Whereas when I lack the quiet time and I know I'm being distant from him, it's a lot harder because I'm like, where are you? Um, and I don't know, do you feel that ever? Is that something that's common for you too? Yeah, yeah. I And I think that when it gets really consistent, like when that happens for, you know, longer than a few days or a few weeks at a time, then it's more like, what has my day to day looked like? You know, have I tried to take control over things? Have I have I just been drowning myself in my own thoughts instead of turning those thoughts to God and just keeping that conversation with him going? And like, I, I love getting my, you know, alone time with God and the quiet time with him. But I think the real challenge is in my day to day when things spike up, you know, when something bad happens or when, you know, you have a disagreement or an argument with another person or just like a, you know, unpleasant interaction, you know, like what is happening inside of you during that time and what do you do with that? And I think if you turn that to God, then, you know, it's a lot easier to hear his voice a lot more quickly and easier and just more clearly. Whereas if I'm not doing that, then I find myself like turning to the flesh and just being like, oh, what feels good for me? Like what's better for me? And in, it's like in that selfish way of thinking where, you know, you're not considering others or you're not being helpful 
and you're just getting caught up in that pride and that anxiety and that perfectionism. And I think, um, yeah, I definitely do, uh, find, you know, find myself in those places, but I, I've, I try to write down like when I do feel that way and then just, you know, retrace my steps from the previous few days. Like, when did I turn to God? Why, why did I feel that way? Was this, you know, that like, where is this, like, what's the source here? And then if there's anything I need to repent of, if there's anything I need to confess, then I have to do it. Otherwise, I think it's just going to keep going and I'm just going to dig a hole for myself. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep we'll keep getting tested like the same yes. test over and over, right? So yep. yeah, that's totally true. I love it. I, I could keep talking to you, Tanya, for so long. This has been such a fun conversation. Yeah. But I would love to hear kind of your final thoughts or encouragement that you have for our listeners, uh, especially those who are struggling maybe with perfectionism and control um, and how they can really turn to the Bible and Holy Spirit for guidance and strength. Any final encouraging thoughts? Yeah. I, yeah. I think if you, if you know that you, you know, are a perfectionist and you struggle with perfectionism, um, I think first, you know, obviously acknowledging that is a huge step, but secondly, um, take the initiative to think about like where, where and why are you trying to perfect certain things in your life, you know, what, what is the need for that? Is that coming from something, you know, in your childhood or is it something that's new? Is it something that, um, that you've just put on yourself unnecessarily? And once you know, think you think about that, reflect on that for a little bit, turn to God and ask God, Hey, what's the first step that I can do to hand this over to you? Because like, I, I want to be excellent in everything that I do but I don't want to control everything. I don't want to be, I, I don't want to rob the platform of power from you because that's what my weakness does for you. And so that's what I'd, I'd leave with everyone, you know, turn to the Bible, ask the Holy Spirit. I'm always going to send people to the Bible because I believe that's where, um, there's so much wisdom and guidance for us. Absolutely. It's his living word. And that's just the way that's, if we want to know, that's where we go. Um, so I love it. And I know that you have a podcast um, going through the Bible. And so I'd love for you to share a little bit about your podcast and then also where listeners can connect with you if they want to dive in a little bit more. Yeah. So I have a uh, blog that I run and I connect my podcast to those blog articles that I write. And it is my name, Tanya Remkiv. It's kind of a combination. Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A, Yaremkiv, Y-A-R-E-M-K-I-V dot com. And that's the same handle on social media and the podcast itself. The name is still, my name is on the podcast itself um, for now. I'm still brainstorming that a little bit. But the podcast itself is really about finding transformation in every area of your life because because of Jesus. And that's what I talk about primarily there. I love it. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, Tanya, today. This has been a treat. And I just love this devotional style podcast that we got to do. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you follow the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. If you resonate with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or share it with a friend as this helps grow the podcast. Also, if you're not a part of Simplicity and Motherhood, consider joining us. It's a free online community built to provide support and encouragement so you can create balance and live intentionally 
as you go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to redhotmindset.com for more resources and to find the link to join the community. In all things I pray, you just run your race. I believe in you.